0: Uh, good morning everybody it's good to see you here two days in a row that's pretty pretty impressive to uh, have church two days in a row here it's great to have you with us, let me pray as we come to God's word heavenly father, we thank you. For the opportunity to read and study your word this morning, uh, we pray that you'll open our hearts to understand the hope that we have uh, in your word this morning in Jesus name Amen. Well, spot the difference. Who knows the spot the difference kind of activities that you have in your newspapers or activity books? Now, we're going to play a game of spot the difference this morning. Now, some of you will probably know the difference very, very quickly to these two pictures I'm going to put on the top. Now, when I first came to this church about a year ago, this time last year was when Liz and I first came uh, to church, one of the things that I noticed, there were two handsome young men standing there, and I couldn't tell them apart at all, Tom and Isaac. And even now, I'm still calling Tom Isaac and Isaac Tom at different times. Just at the wrong angle, I look at them and I'm saying the wrong thing. Who thinks they've got it sorted out? Who knows who Isaac is? Who knows who Tom is? Now, there's certainly six children here who would know exactly who Isaac and Tom are, and they're children, Um, but who's still here struggling to find out the difference between them? Ah, yeah, even Tom is. (laughs) Yes, it's a little bit of a tricky one. Uh, It's one of the things you notice. Well, this passage today that we're looking at in Psalm 90 is a reminder to us all to spot the difference, to spot the difference, not to spot the difference between identical twins, but... To spot the difference between us and god to know that we are different to god and there are two differences that i want to focus on today from this passage in psalm 90. difference number one god never dies but we do god never dies but we do look at verse one there in your in the bulletin there you can see it on the inside cover i've printed um psalm 90 for you Lord, it says in verse 1, You have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. First thing we notice is that from everlasting to everlasting, God is God. God is beyond our imagination. And it's hard for us to understand that because we are limited by time. But God doesn't change like shifting shadows, as we learn from the book of James. In a world that is changing in so many ways. Environmentally, politically, technologically, economically, any other Khalees words we can think of, medically, uh, so many words. Our community, our circumstances are changing. Our way of life uh, continues to change in so many ways. Even the way that we do church over the last 18 months has changed in terms of moving from a building that we're so familiar with into a hall even that's changing and we'll move back again later on next year, but our way of life might change but God remains consistent. God remains consistent. Now, let me ask you how many, how many chapters are there boys and girls, how many chapters are there in the book of Psalms anybody know. How many, Jaden? Like about 112, yeah, that's um, heading there a bit more than 112. Uh, Josh, 130 is getting closer, yes, Mia, 125 going down a little bit. Any, <laughs> 100 and higher than 145, Jaden, yeah, oh, did you say 50 or 55? 152. Okay, up the very back there, Anna. 100, did you say 150? Yes, 150 it is. Yes, 150 books. It's the longest book in the Bible. Who can tell me what the longest chapter is in Psalms? Mia went straight up there. How, what? Yes, 119, which has 172 verses. What about the shortest book? in Psalms. Now that's a tricky one, Mia or Micah? Okay, no, it's a hard one. Psalm 117 is the shortest. Psalm 119 is the longest. But of the 150 books in the Bible, uh, 150 chapters in Psalms, sorry, there's only 66 books in the Bible, um, The Psalms are broken down into five actual separate books. So there's 150 chapters in Psalms and then it's broken down into five sections. And chapter 90 is the beginning of book number four within the Psalms. Now the previous uh, chapters at the end of book uh, book number three in Psalms, uh, Psalm 88, 89 leading up to Psalm 90, were dominated by cries of people calling out to God to rescue his people. The psalms of lament and they're desperately crying out to God to help, help, help. And they were speaking at the time of the imminent destruction of the city of Jerusalem. You know, the storyline of history, a very quick uh, storyline. Creation, fall, exodus, uh, promised land, exile, Jesus, return of Jesus. There we go. A very quick summary there. Uh, and so Psalm 88 and 89 and leading up to book four was talking about the exile, the imminent uh, invasion of uh, by babylonia and it's not only a national crisis for the whole country but they were also having a bit of a personal crisis as well a crisis of faith because what they had been putting their trust in in their king their king was going to be taken away they had no king and so if you notice there in your bibles at all you'll notice at the very beginning of the psalm it has above verse one it says there, uh, um, a prayer of Moses. It's just in the heading there. You can probably see it. So by actually putting Moses in the context of Psalm 90 is another way of saying don't worry about not having a king because look back to the time of Moses. Did Moses have a king? No, the kings didn't come till after Moses. So in the time of Moses, there was no king because Yahweh, the Lord God, was their king. So by beginning the psalm with the words, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations, it is reminding them that Yahweh is their king and refuge, not their city, not their uh, king that they had. The creator God has been their place of rest, of comfort and contentment. For the people regardless of their external circumstances throughout all generations the essence of our security is in the eternal and unchanging nature of our god now the reliable ability of what we trust in will be shown for what it is when a crisis hits and there's been lots of crisis in different ways, crises in the last couple of years, in different ways, both on a international scale, national scale, and a, on a personal scale as well for many of you. But there is no greater crisis in our lives than our own impending death, as verse 3 reminds us. Have a look at verse 3. You turn men back to dust, saying, return to dust, O sons of men. You sweep men away in the sleep of death, They like the new grass in the morning. So in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and wood. Our days are numbered, as Mia reminded us. And life as we know it here on earth won't last forever. And as we face the future, we need to have a hope that is bigger than ourselves. Hope that is big enough to not only give us a hope for eternity, but a hope that can also transform the way we live now. Now put your hand up if you are eight years old. Anyone? Eight no joshua i think you you might as uh, no okay eight years yeah. old. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you might be as tall as an eight-year-old but uh, you're not an eight-year-old okay i might need the microphone at the back i forgot to bring it can you bring it down yes okay anybody nine years old okay andrew yes all right now um faye's not here today uh you might be listening i'm not sure if um yes thank you Okay, let me ask a few, how old a few people are. Okay. Andrew, how old are you? Nine. Okay. Malcolm, am I allowed to ask you how old you are? It's just an embarrassing question. All right, Malcolm, how old are you? Three score and ten. Oh, three score and ten. Nice. Does anybody know what three score and ten means? (laughs) It means 70 years old. Three score and ten. Okay. And we have Caitlin. How old are you, Caitlin? 12 years old, okay, we have 12 years old. And over on the other side, uh, who can we ask? Jason, okay, how old are you, Jason? 37. 37, that young, that's pretty impressive. Okay, (laughs) all right. Okay, George, can I ask how old you are? 81. 18, did you say 18? Uh, Okay, eighty. Oh no, (laughs) eighty-one. Okay, eighty-one. Okay, and uh, so three score years and ten, eighty, eighty-one. Now, if you were nine years old or eight years old, you would probably say life is long. Is that right? Do you think life is long? Yes. Now, if I ask George who's eighty-one, not eighteen, do you think life is long or life is short? (laughs) Uh, yes there's more be more uh, less ahead than there is behind yes that's right life is probably when the older you get the more you say life is short and the younger you are the more you say life is long yes that's right it is you're very adamant about that now if you're older like me i'm 51 so i've got a few years to go i'm about halfway maybe Um, But uh, what advice you would give? You'd probably say, life is short, count your days and make your days count, which is what Psalm 90 is reminding us to do. And so at the end of the day, our life is short, but God's life is long. In fact, God's life never ends and God's never started. And that is one difference between us and God. Uh, And as we face the reality of our own death, we need to make some decisions about what we want to do for eternity. Now, difference number two. Let's go on. Difference number two, from verse 7 to 11. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation, it says in verse 7. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. The length of our days is 70 years or 80, if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due to you. Difference number two. God is righteous and we are unrighteous. Now the language used here speaks of God's anger. Now uncontrollable, we're consumed by your anger. Now, uncontrollable anger is not a good thing. Now, that's lots of things that I love about being in Australia after having lived overseas for 13 years. There's just a great things I love about Australian culture. Hanging out at the beach is one of them. I was able to go to the beach last week, it's fantastic. Enjoying a cold beer in front of the cricket, perhaps. Maybe some of you will be doing that this afternoon. Um, spending time outside. There's a lot of things that we love about Australian culture, but there's a, a number of things that I really hate about Australian culture. I hate it when people misuse alcohol at Christmas time and take it out on their family. It is a right thing to hate the destruction that domestic violence causes in the life of our community. Under the influence of alcohol and unresolved issues throughout the year, domestic violence can spike at Christmas time. And it was very sad to read in the news last night that very thing happened. a man killed his wife in Hobart on Christmas Day in front of his teenage kids. Yesterday in our own country. It is a right thing to be angry about. God knows what the right things are to be angry about. He is angry that sin is causing so much destruction and pain We may not have an issue with alcohol, but we all know that we have treated each other in selfish ways this past year. All the secret things we can hide from each other, we can't hide from God. Verse 8 says this, You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. Now only God is righteous and clearly we are not. If God is righteous and we are not, then we desperately need God to have compassion on us. We desperately need God to have compassion on us, which is what verse 13 talks about. He begins by praying all these prayers to the end. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as of you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants and your splendour to their children. God indeed does answer the prayer of this psalm when the psalmist prays out, Relent, O Lord, have compassion on your servants. And as we remembered yesterday, at Christmas time we don't just celebrate the birth of a baby. We celebrate the ultimate expression of God's compassion. In the biography about Jesus written by Matthew in chapter 1, it says this in verse 21, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And as we know, we are not righteous, but rather sinners in need of God to show compassion. And, of course, God sent his son Jesus into the world to live the life of obedience and perfect obedience that we could not. The righteous anger of God that we deserve for our imperfect performance was turned away from us and onto Jesus when he died on the cross. Of course, Jesus rises to new life to show us that he is greater than death itself. That he is indeed the everlasting God. So for those of us who accept what Jesus has done for us, God accepts us as if we had never sinned and promises that we too will rise again to life when we die. Now for, that, for us that means that life takes on a new meaning and every moment can be lived in the contentment that our future is secure and our present is not wasted. In this life we reap a heart of wisdom when we approach life with a prayerful awareness of our weakness and complete dependence on God. And as verse 12 prays, a key verse in this psalm, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And he finishes there in verse 17, a prayer, May the favour of the Lord our God rest upon us, establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. We want meaning and purpose in our lives and we want our lives to count for something. And this is a prayer that we will invest in things that have eternal consequences. And for those of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus, we can make our lives count by living according to the values that he has given us. Regardless of what kind of job we have, we can go about it in a manner that reflects our values in Christ. Regardless of our family situation, we can love and care for those around us in a way that reflects our value in life. Regardless of whether we are in a big church or a small church, we can be committed to gathering with God's people in a way that reflects what we value in Christ. And this time of the year, as we look back on 2021 and look ahead to 2022, and there are a lot of things to ponder. You know, this time last year, I hardly knew any of you. I'd only been coming here for a few uh, few weeks as we started attending the church around Christmas time. this past 12 months, I've met so many of you and, uh, who have inspired me because of the way that you have responded to the personal challenges that you have faced throughout the year and the many years before that. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for that encouragement for me, to me, because of the way that you have responded to the challenges that God has put into your life. Your trust in God, your contentment based on Christ are a great inspiration. And I want to acknowledge that. And it's because your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus has not only given you a hope for the future, but it's transformed the way that you live now. As we face this year ahead together, let us be people who continue to allow the security we have in Christ to shape the way that we live our lives now. So people can indeed spot the difference, to see the difference, that we understand that we are not God and we are dependent on him in so many ways. May we be people who count our days rather than counting our chickens. May we be people who count our days rather than counting our pennies. So when it's our time to return to dust, what all of us here today leave behind is a lifetime shaped by a heart of wisdom that knows how to count our days and make our days count. May this coming year be a year where we make our days count. This heart of wisdom, of course, can only come by knowing and trusting in Jesus. Let me pray for us all. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you remind us that we are not God. We are dependent on you in everything. And even though we are unrighteous, you treat us as righteous. Because the Lord Jesus took the punishment that we deserved for falling short. We thank you for the freedom that we have to approach you, and we thank you for the hope we have for the future. A hope that transforms the way we live now. As we reflect back on 2021 in the week ahead, and as we look forward to the 2022. We pray that you'll always remind us to be people who count our days so that we can make our days count. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.